Welcome back to the Rising Giants podcast with Max and Dom. Today we have a very special guest on the show, Chai Sila. He is the CEO and founder of Sabai. He is one of the first digital entrepreneurs in Cambodia, having been involved in the space for over 20 years now. We are really excited to have him on the show and think you'll really enjoy this conversation. Please don't forget to check out our post-show newsletter that is published on Substack under the name Rising Giants. Thanks so much. Hope you enjoy this episode. Our usual beginning question is uh, is really just um, asking you about how you got to where you are today and, and when you first had an interest in entrepreneurship and how that kind of journey unfolded for you um, in, in, in Cambodia. Well, you know, when, when we talk about how do I begin, everyone has uh, gone through similar kind of uh, process like you grown up you educated and you go get a job and after you get the job you get bored or you see opportunity then you jump into start your own business and then you grow yourself along the way and this is pretty much i think typical uh, process of uh, most of the people i would say everywhere um yeah i i started uh, to work you know, based on I thought what I like, you know, and I never thought that I, I would one day become a businessman. And it's not, basically, it's not on my list. My dream was a lawyer, and then I moved it to architect <laughs> and I ended up with become a tour guy, you know. So it's just totally different industry, or would say, you know, my dream is keep on shaking based on what I see and what I, I mean, influence. Um, but along the way, you know, during uh, my work, I've uh, learned from meeting people, talking to people and see things. Then we start to identify the opportunity. That's how uh, I, I would say grow my uh, entrepreneurship. Um, back in... 20 plus years ago. <laughs> so sound like long ago. It was just yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> you know, if uh, when I start to work as a tool guy, I make so much money. Back then, you know, if I make one, two thousand dollars in 1994, it's a lot of money for as a kid, you know, 19, 20 years old. Um, you wouldn't want to start any business because you make so good money and so it's not luxury life. I don't even know how to uh, call it luxury yet. But I mean, when you have a lot of money, you don't even know how to spend it, you know, those kind of way of living. But definitely along the way, you feel, okay, you know, you're making money is not enough. You probably want to do something that for your life is not only making money, but, you know, pick up some skill, um, doing some, uh, something more meaningful, you know, for your life. That's how I quit my good uh, income job to start to work in uh, like an advertising uh, company. And then that's how I learn a lot and to understand what is the value of the brand, what is the marketing mean. And I got a chance to touch the first time computer and we do the, we call freehand that time. And they have a software called Correct Draw 6. I remember that time. Then I got a chance to really pick up some of the design skill, 
you know, drawing something, which is I my background. I used to draw also, which is that's what my good uh, for me to when I, I go on the the computer. It also it's I can fast track uh, to learn a lot of things when it touches to creativity, you know. And then from that, you know, I can I get a chance to really meet a lot of people through my sales, you know, pitching. I go and promote my business. I hand out the name card, my poster, flyers, and I met hundreds of people, if not thousands, um, with different kind of languages, attitude toward me. You know, how do I handle them? Those are, I believe, uh, the the good time that I learned my selling skill, my personal presentation skill along the way. That where later stage when I started my business, I've uh, gained like some of the the benefit from that with my multiple languages. Also, that is also the definitely a benefit, a bonus for me to when I started my business, I can communicate with many people from different countries. Um, when I work for people, I realize that I really work so hard and, you know, I, I can pick up things so fast. Not, not mean that I'm, I'm a talent, but I, because really I work really hard that, you know, I, I don't stop working. That's why um, I realized that, oh, actually, you know, I work for people. I can help people making so much money. I think maybe I could try myself also. Why not? You know, that's how I realized that. Okay, you know, um, back then I don't understand even the word entrepreneurship. You know what it means. You know, I just like okay, make my living. How do I get my own income? You know, self-sustain and make my own living. That's how I uh, get out from the uh, work for people to start my own business with a small amount of money. And Sila, quickly, when was this? And and just just for the audience, like how long ago was this? And what was the what was the culture on entrepreneurship? If you if you rewind back to when you were uh, first first beginning to start a company, that was back in 1998 when I quit the job and um, we used uh, I think 2007 1997 we gone through a bit of a hectic in our country we have a local like small uh, not small it's a coup d'etat and the country has been chaotic and a lot of uh, investors go back to their countries and suddenly the whole economy is like uh, almost like shut down right so back then we also our business which is, is an advertising doing billboard suddenly we have no business also that's how I thinking okay because if I wait I know what to do with that I don't know how long it lasts so maybe I can start to explore my own uh, looking for something that uh, I might want to do I love to do and then it, I can make my own decision so that's uh, 2000, uh, 1998 I started my my business which is selling the the city okay yeah understood and then and then talk us through how that how that developed and actually how that then led to you founding um Subai late, late, later down the line yeah you know 
as I would say an entrepreneur, you know, you're not settled there. Sometimes you, you start a business and because you see opportunity, when you get there, just like you're climbing the mountain, when you get to one level, you can see the next one is uh, another peak that for you to climb. That's how you evolve yourself into a different industry. Um, you know, I start after the CD, I start F&B, and then after six, seven years, you found that, okay, you know, there's another trend is coming, uh, so-called like online business or internet technology business that uh, back then, 2007, when I started Sabai, is still very new. In 2006, I met a friend who uh, is from Vietnam and explained to me about the game online you know, the, the multiple player that they said oh, previously they used the video game, which is like the in-network game that you go to the, the place that you can play with five, 10 people is exciting, right? But the online game, you actually can play with, with the people around the world. You can play in one time hundreds and thousands of people, which is, is another uh, evolution of the game uh, uh, industry. When I understand about it, I went... Uh, to a few country and then explore research study and as I see this is really a phenomenon the trend that you know it will be grow big in the future that's how I got inspired I said okay you know um, why not it's a, a opportunity saying about um, internet uh, about the computer uh, actually you know when I first about to start my business I have two business to uh, study back into 1996. I before I started my business, I backpacking and I went abroad and I go around see what is like uh, the upcoming trend. What is the the uh, business that have a potential to grow in Cambodia? I went to our neighbor country a lot and I found uh, two things uh, as an opportunity. One is computer. One is CD audio disc. A computer because that time you know back then I remember when you want to assemble we don't buy the full set or we don't talk about laptop or desktop uh, we don't talk about laptop yet we talk about desktop when you want to assemble one computer you, that means you have to buy all the component hard disk uh, RAM and uh, monitor everything to come to uh, set up yourself. It costs about three to five thousand dollars, depending on what kind of spec that you are looking for. And there is a trend starting that time that they you actually can teach uh, people how to use computer also. But because my 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 previous uh, my that time is my current business was um, uh, design, and then I I'm, can consider the the first advanced uh, person that in Cambodia, you know, start to learn to use computer. So more or less, I can interact with computer earlier than a lot of young people back then. That's why my uh, interest is always computer, or always related to technology. But it's just like because I don't have time, I I don't have money, not time. <laughs> I have only five hundred dollars to start my business. So what would I start? computer is like five thousand dollars a piece just a couple percent. zeros away <laughs> <laughs> so that's why you know when we talk about it i said okay another business opportunity is like cd because you buy and sell just like trading and 
you have $500, you can buy hundreds of CD. So that means you can really start to trade already. That's how you can think, compare between what is possible, what is impossible for you to start. So that means computer has always in my mind, you know, technology has always um, there, but it's just like, okay, it's uh, affordable, it's not there yet. And, you know, time is not, it's a bit too early also. That's why, you know, I always keep thinking of what I do, but when time is come, I, I do it. This is how I, I started most of my business. I, I remember most of my business started that way. You know, I keep thinking, I, I have that kind of hidden dream in my mind. I said, one day I'm going to do it. Um, that's how uh, I started Sabai. Um, but the Sabai, when we started, the first business was uh, more, only focused on game online. How did that vision kind of come together and, and who, who were some of your mentors and early people that, that you worked with that helped kind of build that, um, build that business from $500 to, to what it is today? Um, I, don't, I don't remember who was my mentor as a, to, to motivate me to start a business. I just feel like, okay, um, when I, I thinking about to start my own business, the only motivation is like, okay, if you can work that hard and help people make that much money, maybe you can do it for yourself too. That was the motivation. And if you talk about the game business, like I said, I met uh, one of my very good friends earlier. He's, he's in Vietnam. And he's the one that explained to me how the technology evolves and how the game, uh, the new online game changing the whole uh, uh, game industry from the arcade game, video games to this kind of internet game. Um, definitely he, he's a very, uh, uh, he he's a person that have a very uh, important role in, in my technology industry. Um, he's not only the mentor, but in the same time, he's like my only investor that putting the money that, you know, let's go and make this big in Cambodia. Um, to be honest, I'm, I'm, I'm not a geek. Um, I'm not really a, a gamer also, but I just can see how this industry can be uh, grow, can be uh, become very big in, in the in the, the technology world. That's how I can see and I believe and that's how we decided to invest at the first time. In yeah. the beginning, were you, was, I mean, was, was doing gaming in Cambodia really um, an, a niche thing? And how did that, how did that develop? Um, would you say you were too early at, at one point or was it, were you kind of right on trend and, and as, as you built the business, the, um, the gaming scene really developed? Uh, I would say timing why my, my remember, we were a bit early. I, that's what I said. I think um, because back then our internet landscape is not uh, an ideal for us to launch this kind of uh, game online business because the game, uh, the, the game online is rely on internet. 
but back then the internet you know we just moving from dial up to adsl and they call another one is why let's call uh ymax um we just you just the, the satellite to uh, project your your internet and you have another receiver to to get your internet and then this is not stable at all um and slow but it's expensive i remember one, one megabit uh, you want to buy, it cost me $4,500. So I remember very well when we started the business, we bought four megabit of internet speed. It cost us $17,000. This is crazy wow. money yeah. for us. Wow. <laughs> Imagine that this is like, a, I would say it's a wrong timing. But, um, you know, the good thing is like, uh, I don't know, uh, uh, how to express this? Um, we we do a lot of projection also. We do the study, but I would say whatever we do, the study, analyze, it's not correct. It's wrong. But because of this uh, uh, illusion, data convinced us to make it. But when we we uh, onboard the business, we realize that there is a lot of component missing. I mean, we in order to there's a lot of people play game at the internet cafe, but it's what we call land game. We mean that they are not connected to any other except they're playing in that internet cafe. So to reach to them, we need to have the cable reach to them. That's how we link from one internet cafe to hundreds of internet cafes. So then they can play together multiple, uh, like hundreds of internet cafe play in the same time. Uh, I mean, we're missing the infrastructure. So along the way that we build our game uh, business, we publish this game. We also have to apply the ISP license to lay the cable to all internet cafe. At one point, we have about 1,000 plus internet cafe around Cambodia. That's how we, we grow uh, to make sure that people can play our game. And along the way, also we realize that, you know, when people play the game, it's free, but there are items on in the game that people want to, uh, if they need to buy, they need some token. So how do they uh, 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 be able to pay to get these items in online? We can't really, uh, I, I mean, back in certain years ago, no online payment is available in Cambodia and access to the bank is zero. <laughs> and then we had to build our online payment immediately within three months, we build our payment system uh, to connect to all internet cafe that they become our reseller. They can also become our uh, represent uh, of the company to access to our billing system to, to trade our uh, item online. So this is a lot of things that we, we learn and we build along the way. We realize we're missing something and we build along the way. Um, I would say it's an, a hectic, a, a hectic uh, business, but in the same time, we learn a lot to survive. That's uh, how we, we grow our business back then. Okay, and yeah, and aside, aside from um, really having to deal with this, this infrastructure issue, what were some of the other um, early struggles that, that you had when, when building the company? And how did you, how did you then um, decide to move into some of these newer uh, verticals that that you're now engaged with aside from gaming yeah 
I think to have the stuff available, the product uh, on the shelf is not enough. How do you uh, educate? It's not only the marketing. Is you're talking about educate uh, the consumer. Game online is another new kind of a uh, game that a lot of people uh, have to learn to pick up how to register the account, how to log in, how to uh, buy credits, how to. Uh, 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 play along the, this kind of new uh, kind of how to say because every game have different rules uh, then you have to learn along the way and those are things that it's not uh, you go and see how you pick up easily I mean we have to really train the people to go one internet cafe by one internet way along the way to, to educate to train to, to show them how it will you know so those are uh, things that um, really, uh, I would say challenge, because when we talk about challenge, it's like, okay, it's a game company, but this industry is considered a pioneer industry. There's nothing available. There's no human resource available in Cambodia. It's not exist. Then you realize that, you know, you have probably three, four, five, ten people in your company that understand and know the game, but you know, you're talking about you need to educate thousands of people, how then you have to build the team also. Um, back then, you know, technology is, you know, we talk about startup nowadays, everyone uh, understand more or less technology, you know, coding, you know, the engineer know how to really do a lot of work more than before. That's why looking for people who understand and, you know, train them, from they have a, a semi-simple background of IT to understand how the game works is a lot of effort and then time consuming also. Um, yeah, I would say, you know, we started 2007 and we start to have revenue late 2008 and early 2009. So about two years we invest in without single revenue. So I would say if we don't have that kind of belief, confidence, or persistence, we would have dropped uh, like halfway already. Getting up to the present day, talk to us about some of the uh, new business lines that, that you've got involved with and sort of how, how Sabai has evolved to, into its current form. Well, you know, when, when we made it, I would say, okay, when we are successfully uh, build our game um, business then we start to to looking into something more diversify something uh, related to technology but it's a bit away from game business that's how I realized that okay, hey uh, maybe uh, we can start to build like a website as a new as a digital medias because I can see also uh, some that time some companies started to uh, move away from traditional media go online and people start to learn to search back then 2010 it's the time that smartphone is starting to get popular I remember that time when we started um, our model is like people would access to our website through desktop laptop not even the phone so but i can see that this is uh, what is coming 
I remember only OS. Um, uh, iPhone was available, Android not even there yet, and um, there is uh, a Nokia phone that you can access to the internet also consider a, a smartphone also, they use a software called Symbian. Um, we, they also access to our website, but because of we use Unicode, Unicode was not uh, widely used yet in, in, in terms of Cambodian phone. I mean, if you use my, uh, the, the phone to access to my website, you don't see any Cambodian word, you see square, square, square only. That's how that, that's what I remember. But definitely, um, you know, when you see uh, what is the upcoming trend, you, you kind of pre-build a lot of stuff along the way. When it becomes popular, we already get there. Most of my business, I, I would say that um, we 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 looking into the global trend, looking to what is 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 upcoming, what is happening already in a lot of developed world, and then we try to pre-build. Um, because of this, I think I, I I myself or my team or our company kind of get into some of the illusion. Also, we always try to build a lot of new things. Um, Sometimes it's too far ahead of time. We cannot survive also. Sometimes it's just uh, the right time, the product is sustained. Um, but in the same time, we also, we, I mean, as a company, we probably see so many different opportunities then we do so many things in the same time also. You know, this is, uh, I don't know if it's a, a mistake or I don't know if this is uh, our problem of the, our survival business culture, you know. We are trying to, to really do a lot of things ahead of time. Yeah, it's interesting though, because if you think about a lot of uh, innovative businesses and about, and you know, survival is involved in a lot of um, different areas of media and entertainment and just developing technology in general. So when you look outward um, and how quickly technology is advancing too, it's, it's like you're constantly, um, you know, trying to, to keep up and trying to stay aware of, you know, how, what direction technology is coming in and how to you know, stay innovative. So it's, it's a bit of a push and a push and a pull between, you know, wanting to, you know, creating new technology, but also wanting to keep up with the technology that you've already developed and keeping that, um, keeping, keeping that uh, in line with what's going on with the rest of the world too. Um, I guess what, uh, what would be interesting to dive into is a little bit about some of the, some of the future um, milestones that you're excited about wanting to reach with Sabai. Yeah. As I mentioned, we, we've been doing uh, some, uh, I mean, actually we're doing uh, many different things. Like, for example, we talk about podcasts. Um, we are not doing podcasts at the moment, but previously we, we did uh, our apps called eNovel. That means we are aggregate all the novel in Cambodia and we engage some of the new writer to write novel, put in our apps and we allow the subscriber to subscribe our novel and then this novel also now available in audios and then we also figure out that okay maybe this can be evolved into a, a podcast at one point also it's just because i think in cambodia is still very new and another one we have soyo some kind of a cambodian netflix 
because we are into the business of movie distribution. In the same time, we have our cinema investment. When we distributed uh, the movie, we are also kind of taking the right from the theoretical to the TV, uh, free to air, and then we also dig taking digital right. Because of that, we also invest into Soyo as a the VOD uh, in Cambodia kind of subscription model also. Those are things that we uh, go along the way. And to continue on with growth, uh, could you touch on maybe in the next several years, how you foresee uh, Sabai, uh, Sabai's growth, maybe within just the, the general channels that you uh, do business in, or maybe if you're thinking about continued expansion into other countries within the region, um, or if you're still focusing centrally on Cambodia? Well, you know, uh, as Sabai, you know, we are quite bold that, you know, in 2014, 15, we also jump our business into Myanmar, even we set up our uh, investment company in Singapore. We also invest in China uh, because that time we feel like, okay, you know, a mobile game is the trend. And then we believe uh, if you can build any great mobile game, you know, we deploy in Cambodia, not only Cambodia, but we also can expand in region. That kind of ambitious um, uh, was <laughs> built, you know, but uh, along the way, we realized that, okay, you know, as our investment in China, it's just too small to really make it make uh make it work you know to 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 hire hundreds of uh people in our studio to build our game and it took so long so much investment um at one point we burned a lot of money uh in these two countries that uh, we realized it's uh it's not a mistake maybe it's wrong time or maybe we are having wrong uh point of entry or we, we make the wrong choice on in terms of industry that we get in. Um, definitely we suspend our company, we shut down our, our studio in China, then we come back. With that lesson, I would say in the next few years, we still have to focus more in Cambodia because as a Cambodian, uh, we pretty much uh, understand our market well and then we have uh, the whole 100% of our energy to work on any product uh, deployment or, or launching in Cambodia. Obviously, we can, we, I have an, uh, a vision that, you know, at one point, so by we have to build as a, a whole uh, one-stop ecosystem that uh, people can consume from media. They can uh, uh, have a chance to access to our contents, either free or charged, Oh, and then we have our game that people can play. You know, we have our payment that can help settle uh, with the hustle, whether they are coming from the bank, from any other payment gateway, you know. So all these kind of ecosystem, you know, we even jump all the way to uh, e-commerce. Recently, we just tried our, our uh, B2C model. We started to do... Um, um, build a, uh, you know, we make our own mask, we have make our own merchandise, you know, recently we just launched our Sabai mask. We make our own personal design because we have all 
the whole design team that working internally. That's why we can really do something cool, unique that we sell uh, in on on the market. Um, definitely, we still have to work with the partner, with logistics, with some of the the platform people that they do it. But in the long, in the near future, we will definitely have our own supply shop that we will. Uh, list all the product, our own product, including some of our other cool product that uh, available in market. So this is something that we, we are trying to do. We we going to build uh, because of this uh, COVID disrupted. We realize that you know based on rely on B two B alone may not be sustained. So we have to build like B two C or B two B two C those kind of model that um, will be independently sustained in the same time we also can uh, leverage our own uh, channel kind of window to to discover this product to uh, to the consumer anyway in, in conclusion we want to touch into uh, something uh, you know so my as an entertainment uh, company we call itself uh, entertainment company we're not only technology but use technology to uh, deliver our product and service to the consumer, either through hearing, to watching, to consuming, entertaining, and to the way, all the way to even food, you know. Recently, we also built a system called the Lonton uh, to deliver milk. You can subscribe the milk uh, through the system also. Um, we are about to launch another frozen dough working with our, another partner who make the bakery because our people locked down in their house they kind of want a lot of people want to bake now we also can offer the frozen dough that they can bake by themselves by just a b c just like three step to bake their own uh croissant or whatever so those are things that we, we are trying to to evolve involve in uh, together that's why um in I would say uh, in the next uh, one or two years, our business will be really uh, try to build the whole uh, ecosystem. We will have our own, we call universal platform. So by universal platform that uh, if, I'm not sure if we call it just like a super app, but uh, we will connect it, the dot from one services to another till our consumer, they get into our, uh, kind of survival they they can see things and then they can either consume it they either entertaining it or either order it or whatever you know yeah, it's it's a uh, it's still uh, early stage i would say um i and i i don't have all the answer yet you know because technologies keep on evolving in the world and we are trying to catch up as a third world country we learn it pretty much from our mistake we learn pretty much from what is happening in the world and then we piloting it we deploy it we test it and uh, maybe we fail maybe it will you know that's how we keep experimenting ourselves okay great and 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 just just double clicking on on e-commerce i'd be interested to hear what you think um has really held, held that back in the market um you know, we see quite a lot of startups in the space coming through, but um, yet to see anyone really carve out significant market share in the um, in the e-commerce space, like you know, physical goods. Um, where where do you think that that's going uh, direction-wise? You think someone's gonna gonna start to um, really dominate that market? 
there is no uh, definite dominant market uh, in Cambodia yet. Obviously, uh, what one thing that I can see grow exceptionally is the food because, like I said, it, because this COVID, it's uh, forced people to change a lot of behavior. Instead of dining in, they go take away or either they just call uh, people to delivery to their home. So this kind of e-commerce really grow, I would say, at least five-fold for the past uh, 15 months. So um, definitely, uh, there's a few uh, key players uh, that, you know, including the local players and international players. Um, the local player, they are kind of uh, sustain their early player. They are quite strong. The international player, they have a lot of money to burn. They kind of coming in and then they make a lot of hoo-ha, you know. So those are, um, I would say, it's a very good, um, I would say, it's a, uh, for me, in terms of industry-wise, when you have more players coming in, you kind of putting a lot of money, effort, and time to educate the market to be more mature, which is a good thing. Um, and I can see it in the next couple, I would say one to two years, you will see some significant growth of the company that you really, really can, can say that they are probably the dominant of the market. Luckily, you know, we don't have a, big player that you know can see Cambodia as a, a big potential market yet. That's why those big players who has billions of dollars to burn, they're not coming in or they're not eye on Cambodia yet. We're just giving a lot of chance for the local startup to grow. Um, yeah, that's, that's, yeah, that's a that, point. Like it's, um, you know, it's not on, for, for many people for, you know, for some, I think some silly reasons, you know, it's not on people's mats, but, um, but yeah, but and what about in the more um, the non F and B segment? So more, you know, things like fashion and um, household goods. You are you seeing more consolidation in that space? There is uh, a few players in the market, um, but I would say you know, besides food, I don't see um, um, a lot of real. Uh, strong player in the market yet you know either they are doing on their way uh, but they are not really extraordinary uh, like you can spot by uh, you can name it like oh this guy is uh, the number one player now i'm i'm not really sure about it but uh, definitely there is at least five um, uh, significant player in the market um and some of them are mainly like the dropshipping model, which is they are not necessary to be uh, an e-commerce, like a full uh, uh, fly e-commerce yet. They are just like helping people handling the order between uh, China to Cambodia, which is, um, but I think I can see this is a part of the, the growth also because uh, Cambodia, you know, um, the, the market behavior is not really ready for people uh, to, consume through online yet you can see that uh, COD is still pretty much you know on most of the main uh, 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 transaction so mean that uh, e-commerce is not really fully accomplished yet you know um, okay. but like I said uh, definitely this market gonna grow uh, no matter how and especially the young people nowadays you know we have so many young people now they are going to the market uh, online then they also pr pretty much educated and they get it and also know how to really work it easily 
So those are the the upcoming potential market growth. Okay. Okay. And and just and just um, looking at your viewpoint on the overall ecosystem, uh, the startup ecosystem in Cambodia. Um, you know, when when you first started Sabai, you said you know the things that you were the challenges that you were encountering was you know infrastructure, human capital, and maybe um, trying to get that product market fit, and maybe being too early to a trend. What what do you think people are are getting right and getting wrong within the um, within the ecosystem now? And where where do you think there's too much focus on you know startups coming into a certain vertical, and where do you think there's not enough focus? Well, you know. Right now, I can see, if not a lot, but I I would say the circle of the entrepreneurship or the startup ecosystem in Cambodia is quite small. Um, maybe I have the wrong number, but I would say it's not more than one hundred startup a day nowadays in Cambodia. But um, most of the people are eyes on mostly tech-related startup, you know, which is when you talk about startup, it's not necessary to go into techs alone. You can do pretty much a lot of things related to some other services, F and B, agriculture, some of the manufacturing, you know, engineering, some of the stuff that you know uh, there are pretty much uh, demand. But again, you know, um, not many people be able to make it yet in Cambodia. If uh, not imported, at least a lot of people assemble in Cambodia. If people can turn around eyes on that. That's what I, I try to explain between like people are so hunger eager to go into the business. But again, they're trying to go into like some kind of, oh, I make an app to help uh, the people to uh, help uh, uh, solve the pain point of the customer, which is sometimes the addressable market is so small, not necessary to be that a real pain point, but they just said, okay, they try to claim that it's part of the pain point. Which is uh, sometimes, you know, uh, it's just a lack of, I would say, a lack of uh, experience, maybe, or a uh, lack of understanding the whole market. Mm. Uh, sometimes they can uh, make an illusion, you know, they make a lot of decision, but it's not necessarily right. Do you, do you think this is also the, the fault of um, some of the investors? I mean, obviously, I represent Obor Capital. We, we both do tech investments and... Um, non-tech so we, we have waste and water and we look at things like offline agriculture um, is that is that also the, the, the problem with some of the agent investors and some of the other tech investors in the market are they is there too much focus on tech and even from your experience um, you know you, you've recently got involved in in the dairy industry which you know which is a really interesting industry I think for a lot of people but maybe not that glamorous um, so so yeah, how, how are you trying to get people interested in these kind of more, some of the more fundamental industries um, that may not be in tech? Yeah, you know, that, that's, is, uh, uh, that's why I'm, I'm saying that uh, I'm not necessarily to say it's right or wrong because of the global trend is talk about tech. When you talk about startup, they almost can conclude that, okay, tech mean, uh, startup mean the tech startup, you know? Um, and then also, I would say I can identify a lot of uh, angel investors also. They also pretty much focus on uh, tech startup also because it's easier to understand and people speak the same languages and you know, pretty much a similar kind of, some kind of a model has been practical. 
practice in other country. That's how uh, I would say the trend is uh, shaping the way how people decided to go and invest into the business. But the way that I, that's why I, I try to, um, how to uh, make them unlearn the way they're thinking right now and to learn new things that, you know what, actually there are a lot more, whole nine, 80, 90% of the other business that nobody even touch. Um, even people try to talk a lot about agriculture, but uh, agriculture is one of the business that uh, necessary is uh, uh, need a lot of uh, quite a lot of investment in the same time all the effort you know it take time and skills um, and also also a lot of risk also how about you talk about like handcrafting you know making food you know doing some uh, of the, the uh, manufacturing uh, daily use product you know talking about like making t-shirt masks you know something that needed you know in, in the, the market right now and they can grow in the future to something else those are pretty much i would say low uh, uh, investment and you know it's not uh, the barrier of investment uh, and get into the business very very low you just probably have a couple hundred dollars you can start up that kind of business um, um, a lot of time, uh, um, I, I met quite a lot of startups. They have a lot of initial idea, the way that they think they want to save the world, but they can't save themselves yet. You know, um, sometimes uh, they think when they have a great idea, this idea worth millions of dollars, uh, which is sometimes I'm not. I'm not saying that it's wrong, but I'm saying that uh, they probably it's a bit over ambitious, or maybe the market is already. Uh, spoil them a bit of the way that they're thinking of how they relate their, their business model, you know. And for me, my term is like, I have so many different ideas. If you want today, I can throw you a hundred of ideas, but how to make this idea become reality, it takes years. For example, you talk about um, dairy farm, you know. I've been thinking about dairy farm since 2011, when I have my second trip to Israel. And I keep studying, I keep uh, working on the model and I keep looking for investor until 2016, we seriously, we said, okay, now it's time for us to really uh, put all the effort to go and raise fund for our model. And we meet so many different investor, you know, convince them so much. And then at the end, we have to invest ourselves to go and do the preliminary study, do survey, you know, get the, uh, 100 to 200 pages of a survey and business case in order to convince the, the first investor and then second investor and third investor to come and join us to make it happen. You know, it takes us two and a half years to make from the beginning of the, the business model to, to invest it and take another two more years to build and go into the market. So we're talking about five, six, ten, even 10 years of planning and then uh, shaping and, and, and uh, changing all, all the, the way we think, you know, based on the trend, based on the market uh, sector, based on the, 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 the way we, until today, we're still struggling, even though we are going to the market, you know, still, you know, it's not that easy as I thought. It's not that uh, simple as in the book, as we plan, you know. Um, that's why I would say to, to make 
uh, an idea become reality, some it take years. But maybe this is a, a big investment, but some simple, we also have to put, I would suggest that we have to put a lot of effort into thinking, planning before even start. It's not only from the initial idea that we think this model is worth, you know. Yeah, and to touch back a little bit on the more of this the early stage investing, we, you know, even through an angel network within Cambodia, how how is it on that front that you feel like there could be some sort of uh, like inspiration to be able to really take a look into these markets where you have uh, more maybe product driven um, enterprise or startups and kind of wanting to or trying to to basically incentivize some sort of investment into these uh, business models because as you said right I mean it takes a little bit of time for you to to be able to grow a business and um, maybe that's what uh, a part of the ecosystem is missing is is as more focused on these uh, seed stage investments to really um, push forward and grow these uh, startups that maybe all they need is just a little bit more capital in order to continue their business operations. Yeah, you know, I, I've been joining, uh, me personally, I invest in some companies and also I joined with some friends as an angel investment club that to invest in some initial business as seeding fund. But still, you know, the, the struggling is like this. I think there's the, nothing to blame, but I mean, what I realized the missing is like, okay, as an investment club, you know, we still need to have a really formal structure, you know, have a people who can lead the, the team and, you know, keep on looking and researching and working uh, nonstop to, to get, in order to get the, the so-called a better or maybe, maybe the, the right startup. So we've been investing in a few companies for the past, <laughs> I would say, five years. Um, it's still uh, very hard to, to get, I would use the word, the right, miss the right one. Um, because when, after we do evaluation, some is not, it may be just too small, maybe like uh, some of the market addressable is just too small, or some is just like we think it's too early. You know, all these kind of uh, reasons that just give us bounce back that, okay, maybe later, you know. That's why, um, um, my struggling is like, okay, one is to blame in like, uh, as an angel investment, we are not uh, really necessary to be the full-time job yet, you know, uh, this is one part. And the second is like, if we know we, we are in the business, I, I myself, you know, started uh, many business and struggling and I really can sense that, you know, how difficult when you started without money, without mentor, without experience, without any model, you know. But to get from where I am today, you know, it, it takes a lot of uh, recent effort. That's why I have the mind that, how about, you know, I can contribute some of my idea experience in the in same time also probably some seed funding to join and help some of the startup that maybe have the potential to grow. Um, but still, you know, the one that I'm eyeing on sometime, uh, they 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 asking too much, you know, I feel like, wow, you know, you just started very initial, but you think you are already, you know, um, the future unicorn, you know.
what is the number one characteristic that you look for in, in an entrepreneur? Like, is there anything that really, really sticks out to you as like a guiding principle for making an investment both in a business, but also in, in the actual entrepreneur? You know, I always, um, simple, you know, I, a simple question is like, beside your current uh, startup, what else you do, you know? Um, if the answer is like, okay, I'm still working for someone and then I'll just start to do this startup also. It's like not my full-time, but my part-time job. This is a, like a red flag already because mm. for me, I'm just like, I invested in a lot of business, but I never thought, I never say that I start up, I started that business. I just like, I invested into that business and I rely on a particular person that started the business. I trust them, trust them that they will do the best to grow the, the business, uh, you know, but if you are a startup, but you still work for someone or you still have multiple businesses, I I don't think you will be having 100% of your energy and effort to go into that business. That is the first uh, criteria that I would say uh, I'm quite, uh, maybe I'm, I'm not always right, but I, I would say my, my principle is like that. And the second is probably we talk about the attitude, you know, people, uh, you talk about the experiences, you talk about um, the, the way, the critical thinking uh, of the, that person. And obviously, you know, attitude is also important that, you know, they have kind of leadership to, to, to kind of uh, how, how they can gather the people, uh, how can they, they inspire the, the team to join them, you know. Those are uh, another important, important uh, factor, you know, in, in the business. If you don't have this kind of leadership, you kind of, you can't run alone, you know, in the startup at the end of the day, you need uh, the workforce that, to work for you to, to reach to your goal. I completely understand. And thank you for, thank you for giving your insights around, uh, around what you see inside an entrepreneur. I kind of want to shift gears and maybe talk a little bit more about um, about yourself and just have a quick question for you. Uh, right now, if, if you had to hop on your bike, how far, how many kilometers do you think you could complete? You're talking about exercise? Yeah. The fixable exercise? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I just broke my rib. Not just broke, I broke four months ago. My, my Not my rib, my, my collarbone. Oh no, so, what happened? <laughs> I was downhill from uh, Boku Mountain, you know, one of the mm -hmm. mountains that we challenge all the time. Mm -hmm. Then when I go downhill, I saw the big truck. So I uh, emergency brake and then I fly off the, my, the bike and I land on my shoulder and the, the rib, the, 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 the collarbone. Oh no. Anyway, <laughs> I haven't bike for since then, you know, for like four months now. But the doctor just said that, okay, all those, I still have my metal support, my collarbone, but I can start to bite, but not that aggressive. But I don't know, but the, the, the longest uh, journey in one day is 320 kilometers from Phnom Penh to Simrip. That's uh, how far I, can, I could do. Wow, that is incredible. <laughs> oh my gosh, that you completely put me to shame. I don't even think I could get on a bike and go 20 kilometers at this time. <laughs> You know, before you, you before you you uh, you on the bike, you never thought that you can do that much. But uh, after a while, you know, you know, actually, you can do more than what you think you can do mm -hmm. as a physical body. You know, 
yeah. but it needs uh, persistent perseverance. You know, it's a lot of things, a lot of convincing to yourself also because at one point it's like not pain in your ass, you're pain in yeah. your heart. Or so, you know, you're like, why well, you're so stupid torturing yourself, you know? But how you treat yourself into, you know, it's life is about like challenging. If you get there, you know, that kind of accomplishment is a lifetime experience, you know? That's right. how I convince myself. Right. That's a, yeah, the persistence part is definitely important, not only in just, you know, the athletics that you compete in, but also in terms of business and that kind of mindset. Um, of all of your successes, you know, across Sabai and in your personal life and in terms of investing, um, of w- which one has given you the most pleasure? Uh, which one have you enjoyed the most? Or uh, maybe if there's something specific that, that you really are, are proud about that you've completed, um, whether it be, you know, just Sabai in general or anything specific. To be honest, you know, <laughs> I don't have this answer for you, but um. What I am enjoying, and then I I question myself a lot, and then some of my friends also asking me also when you're gonna settle, you know, settle mean that um, I can be semi retire or maybe I can slow down because I often told people that uh, I when you talk about business when you talk about doing something you your your blood pressure is like keep on hyping you know you kind of your energetic spirit is coming back. Mm-hmm. Um, the thing is, um, you know, doing new things when you are kind of try to do, uh, you go in pioneering into a certain business, you keep yourself with uh, all the time. That's how you, you enjoy doing it. And definitely, um, uh, currently, I my 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 more focus on. My energy is a buy, you know. So buy still, I'll have a lot to do, you know. Every day is a challenge, you know. Challenge from uh, how we handle with uh, customers, how we get more revenue, how we can uh, make our staff happier, you know. How we can settle uh, tax, you know. How we can handle with our <laughs> yeah <laughs> regulator, you know. Every day is a it's a challenge, you know. But those are things that keep us motivated. Um, in the same time, you know, you kind of uh, want to really uh, tackle it. You want to win it. That's that's how uh, you enjoy doing it. You know, I don't know how far I can go. I don't know how long, but um, definitely, um, I mean, I'm still enjoying doing this. Yeah, and to continue on that, what uh, what kind of habits have you installed in yourself to keep this motivation going every day and and uh, holding yourself accountable for, for anything? What, what I'm doing today, you know, uh, pretty much my day job is like I, I go to office, right? Mm-hmm. Um, besides I'm doing exercise, doing, uh, I'm, I'm listening actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, previously, I used to read the book, but now I'm kind of lazy to hold the book. Now, most of my book is in my phone. Mm-hmm. So I, I read uh, audio book. I listen to all your book, and uh, for the past one year, I found an app called Blinkist, which is the summary book that you know I want to read the book. But sometimes it takes me seven hours to finish one book. But this book, they just get all the cream for me, so I can listen between fifteen to twenty minutes too, so I can get all the cream. But just sometimes some book is not uh, necessary to be interesting enough because they are. The summary says lose some of the, the sentiment, some of the 
the real essence in, in the book, you know. But most of the book that I read is like quite, give me quite a good experience. Um, but just uh, to motivate me to learn more. I think moving forward, I still have to learn. Yeah. <laughs> and the learning is like, uh, keep me exciting and then give me a lot of uh, like, um, I would call the energy to boost me all the time. Um, that's pretty much uh, what I, I'm doing, you know. What, what has been the most important advice that you have ever received from uh, maybe a mentor or a family member or someone close to you that, or e even somebody that you look up to or are motivated by? You know, um, I'm, uh, uh, my ancestor is Chinese and uh, I speak Chinese fluence and I read Chinese too. Um, I remember back in when I was young, um, I, my mom received a five thousand uh, dollars from my uncle. He was in Hong Kong that back in nineteen ninety. You know, we were so damn poor, <laughs> and then uh, suddenly he sent this money, and then he wrote a, a letter. In his letter, said, "Okay, um, I would explain in English. I don't." <laughs> speaking Chinese to be easy. They said, okay, if you are backing people, you just like climbing the, the SWAT mountain, you know, the SWAT, like it's very sharp, you are really, and if you are rely on people, you just like, you swim on the uh, fire ocean, you know. Um, uh, the, the explanation is like, okay, um, you have to live independent. When you are begging someone, it's just like so painful and you never know uh, if you get there or not, you know, or you get it or not. When you are rely on someone, you just have to uh, predict it and you probably will never get it also. That mean, when I read it, my mom explained that this uh, expression to me, it's always keep in my mind that I have to self-independent. No matter how hard, how tough is it, I have to be. I have to believe in that. I'm uh, self-survive. Having this kind of in my 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 mind, having this kind of principle, made me uh, strong at very early age. Like I said, I told you that uh, I started my first job when I was nineteen. And from that on, I start to be independent and I, I don't get money from my mom anymore. I just go and make my own money and build my own uh, business. That's how uh, independent I am when I was young. And till today, I still believe uh, this kind of motto is uh, very important to my behind some of my business and during my struggle also, I still believe that only me that I can help myself. And the same time, I don't beg people because you know I don't want to owe anyone. This kind of mindset, you know, it's just giving me a lot of uh, uh, pushing to the boundary, and then I doing a lot of thing uh, like make myself pain enough to to get it out there, you know. Mm -hmm. um, this kind, I think this this kind of attitude is not only my advice. I would say it works for a lot of people when you are struggling, when you are facing to the biggest problem, especially right now in this kind of situation. You know, nobody can help you. 
because they try to help themselves. They're struggling helping themselves. That's why only you that really can help yourself, you know? So, yeah, yeah that is my, my lifetime advice. So kind of uh, along the way, I built my own, a few principles in my life, something that uh, I, I never touch and never do, you know? The same, like, okay, another principle that I have is like, if my business is harming, is harm to society, if making environmental bad, if probably hurt some families, uh, people, you know, I will do it, you know, even those, if even I can make millions of dollars, I will not do this. So when we had, you have this kind of principle, you kind of uh, make a lot of decision in your life as well as when you go into the business decision, you're kind of uh, looking for something that based on the principle and move forward. I'm not sure this is like always right, but at least you try to make uh, less mistake and your decision mostly better than uh, your, you, you, you don't have that principle of your life. Yeah, the principles that you create for yourself help in the guidance for the decisions that you make within your life. And that's something that's very important. And I mean, to learn that at such a young age as well, uh, it's definitely, uh, you can see the fortitude and the strength that um, that it's had, especially with the growth of your business and your journey as an entrepreneur. Um, so yeah, I, I really want to, we, we really want to thank you for coming on to the show today. And uh, this has been an amazing conversation and we really look forward to um, keeping up in the future and seeing all the great things that Sabai will create as well as uh, see in your personal life, the to kind of investments and the influence that you make in the ecosystem as well. Um, yeah. And in terms of uh, inspiring the younger generation of Cambodians, what sort of advice would you offer them? If, uh, if they're interested in going into the tech industry or just in general with entrepreneurship? I can see a lot of young people that they still study, but still they're eager to start uh, as an entrepreneur. For me, um, when you are still in the university, I'm not saying that you're giving up on your study, but you know, at one point you have to get out and get a job or start a business. But while you are in the university, why not you start to go an internship or working for some people, you know, get a job that you love and start to do it. And in this case, you, you start to learn some uh, experience. So when you're out of the university, you're already uh, halfway, you know, you're not start from scratch. Um, uh, if you want to be an entrepreneur, I would suggest you also why not you start to work for some people to get some experience? So you're not start the business from zero. You're starting the business from learning something. So all this suggestion is only because I, based on what my previous um, experience that I've learned, that I said, I've learned uh, how to communicate with people based on when I work for people. And I learned the design from the school back and when I, learn in architect school, you know. That's what I, I realized that sometimes you go to school is very important. When you go into the job, you reflect to what you have learned, which is it's pretty much impact to later stage when you are into that job. And, but in the same time also, you know, 
um, the difficult part for me, uh, even for I think a lot of people that you you don't know what you want also in life. Um, you don't know how to start and where to start, you know, because this this is the struggle of young people that you know. Uh, most of the people they go with the flow with the trend like oh you know my friend is going for the management you know uh, everyone is go to MBA you know they go to management and when they go they heard that oh some people go to IT oh they also jump into IT which is sometimes not necessary not necessary that they are loving doing this or not but after the second year they realize that oh shit that's not what I want. I don't enjoy doing, I don't enjoy learning at all, you know, but it's too late already two years that, okay, no, another one year I just graduate and you jump into another university, you know. That is something that um, uh, very uh, challenging also, even myself, even I can sense a lot of young people nowadays. Um, my advice is like, okay, why not you just give yourself a break before you go to university? Maybe it's a bit crazy, but you go and work for some people for one year first, and then along the way, you probably can realize that okay, that's is it that it is 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 it that's what you want or you know um, maybe uh, you can decide it later on. You go to work uh, or you go to 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 uh, study. You know, mm-hmm. so those are things that I, I believe uh, uh, you just have to really keep on uh, exploring, asking more people and. Uh, seeing more things my other advice also you know if you have time you know get yourself out of the country and go see overseas you know people should do you know and nowadays it's not like back in my time at backpacking i just take on the bus mm-hmm. now if you want to backpack you can fly the fly is more affordable right now we, we really want to thank you for coming on to the show today and uh, this has been an amazing conversation and we really look forward to um keeping up with the future and seeing all the great things that Sabai will create as well. Thank you. Yeah. 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 Have a good day and have a good night. Yeah. Thank yes, you very and happy, much. Happy Khmer New Year. Yeah. Happy Khmer New Year. Oh yeah. Happy Khmer New Year. All the best guys. Wow.